Hello, hello, Parkview. Good to see you today. Glad you're here. Glad you're around this weekend. I want to say hello to everybody around Orland here, everybody just all around Chicagoland, the campuses, everybody out in Homer Glen. Uh, we love you all. Everybody new Linux. Love you all. Thankful for you. Everybody online, Facebook Live. Uh, lots of us maybe have friends or family or maybe you're part of Parkview. You're traveling. You're watching on Facebook Live. Hello uh, to you as well. I hope you've had a good week. I know it's been eventful for probably a lot of us and we're in the summertime, uh, summer at Parkview and uh, things are just a little more relaxed and it's fun, but we have all kinds of events going on that maybe we don't always have in our lives. And uh, we had the 4th of July this last week, so I hope that you have had uh, some time either on the 4th or after the 4th to uh, celebrate and thank, thank God for our independence and our freedom uh, in Him and in this country, and maybe got together with some friends or family members. And, and I know we had a great uh, time at our house on the 4th of July. We went to a parade uh, in the morning. And, uh, and then we had some barbecue uh, at our house in, in the afternoon with friends and family. And then we also, uh, for most of the afternoon, we played badminton. Uh, I'm not sure if you even have played badminton since you were like in junior high gym class, uh, maybe years and years ago. But I, I bought a badminton set about two or three months ago and set it up in our backyard. And I'm trying to learn to dominate badminton. And uh, it's kind of one of my goals. And uh, so on the 4th of July, we had some other young, you know, bucks there, some young guys who are 18, 20, 22 years old, and we have all these teams, and we're kind of getting at it, you know, and diving all around the yard in the cement, and, and uh, I just, I need you to know something that's, that's really rather important, and, and that is that I actually was the grand champion of the day, of the weekend, and so, yeah, thank you uh, for that. I appreciate it. You're way more uh, excited than they were that day. Um, because, you know, they're like 18 or 20 years old, and, and then I'm, I'm kind of, you know, beating them on a lot of these things. And, and that's the good news. The bad news is those guys can probably be out right now doing whatever they want or even running a marathon, and I can honestly barely walk around the stage. I'm so sore, like three days later from playing three hours of badminton. Uh, it's just not normally in my routine. So, uh, but it was great. It was good. I hope you had a good week and a good time to uh, just refresh a little bit and celebrate. And uh, <clears throat> good to be here this weekend. Uh, yesterday morning... I had a really unique thing happen to me that'll take us into kind of where we want to go today in our study. Uh, I woke up at Pastor Tim's house. I flew in late the night before, woke up about 6 a.m. at Pastor Tim's house. And the reason I woke up, that's like 4 a.m. California time. The reason I woke up is because there was worship music just blaring loud in his house, coming from downstairs. And I'm laying there, it's never happened to me before in years and years and years, and I'm laying there thinking, you know, it's so loud, did like, is, is the Parkview worship team actually in the living room, like rehearsing, or is this a joke? And so I, I let it go for a couple songs, I'm thinking it's going to end, it doesn't end, so I go downstairs, I'm looking around, I find pretty quickly where it's coming from, and it, it's one of those little, like, dot things, one of the Google or Alexa things, Tim has those things all over the house, you need to know this, he loves them, he doesn't know how to work them, um, but... <laughs> They're all over the house. He's trying to always tell me the code and what to do. And, and so I, I don't know all the codes and I don't have one. And so I don't know what to say. So I'm, I, it's early and I'm, I'm talking to this thing and I'm like, Google, shut up. Google, quiet, stop. And, it, and it's not. So I'm like, well, maybe it's the other one. Alexa, shush. Alexa, be quiet. Alexa, please, you know, and it's not doing it. So I'm thinking, well, just maybe I, I, I need to be louder. And so literally it's, it's loud music. And if you would have seen me, it was hilarious. It's like 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, Google, shut up. <laughs> you know, and I'm like screaming at this thing. And, and I promise you, I promise you, it won't quit. 
It will not stop. So I just decided, okay, here's what I'm going to do. This, this, this must be a God moment. I can't get this thing to shut up. And so I'm just going to lay down here on the couch. And so I lay down on the couch for like the next hour, hour and 15 minutes. And I just listened to all these worship songs. And a lot of them were songs that I would never really listen to or, or put in my playlist, if, if you will. And, and they had some incredible, incredible lyrics. And then all, after about an hour and 15 minutes, it just stopped. And I don't know why, but it did. It just went off. And I was like, okay, I guess that, that's it. And, and some, of these, some of these songs, they were so, the lyrics were so impactful and so meaningful. And, and here's, here's what I'm just strange enough to believe. You've you got to know this about me. I'm just strange enough to believe that, that God... <laughs> could have actually set up that playlist for me. <laughs> that, you know, he could work in supernatural and very natural ways. And I say that because the message and the topic and the study we're going to dive into this weekend, I know I needed my heart prepared. I just, I, I did. I needed to be ready to go and to study and to preach and, and to bring God's word to us. And some of those lyrics, as I'm laying there on the couch, again, they are not songs I would have chosen, but yet they were songs that my heart needed. You ever been there that God gives you what you need in your life, even though you're not sure that's what you need in your life? And maybe some of you have had circumstances this week that have prepared you. you, you you're ready. You're here. It's like, man, let's study God's word. Let's, let's, I need it to go in my life. And so you're ready. Maybe even just the last couple worship songs that we've sang together have prepared you, and, and you're in, and you're ready. But there's also, my guess is, some of you who have just been, it's been a busy weekend, and you just got here, and you're just like, Man, I'm just, I'm just glad to be here. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm ready. I'm, 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 just, I'm just glad to be on campus this weekend. And so here's what I want to do. Before we dive into this time of study together, which is going to be really, really good, really, really important for our lives, I want to ask you if you're comfortable to just kind of bow your head and if you're comfortable with that and just say, God, just calm my heart. God, what do you want to speak into my life today? God, teach me from your word stuff that I need to know to make me stronger in my faith and closer to you. Just, just ask God for those things. God, we're so thankful to be with each other and different campuses and even in your presence online. And God, I, I know that that uh, <clears throat> since we're here, you, we need to hear from you. And God, I just pray that you would take my words today and this study from your word in the Bible and you would just change it and arrange it and make it just exactly what we need to hear at this point in this season of our lives. God, I pray that your word would be supernatural and, and just really settle into our hearts today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, last weekend, if you were around here, was probably one of the most important messages that, that I could bring. And the message we talked all about how all of us, whether you've been in church a whole lot of your life or just a little bit of your life, all of us kind of sometimes lean our faith against things or we fix our faith, our faith up against things. And what happens sometimes in our lives is whatever we're leaning our faith against, sometimes it moves, it shifts. And when it moves, it causes our faith in God to kind of crash and fall to the ground. And, and maybe you're kind of leaning your faith up against something like this, phrases like this. I just believe that God would never, Todd, God will never do whatever fill in the blank is. And then it looks like God does. 
and your faith kind of begins to crash. Or God would always, Todd, I don't know everything about the Bible. I don't know everything about God, but I know that God will always, I can always count on this. There's a lot of things I don't know, but I can always count on this. God would always. And then it seems like God doesn't. And, and our faith kind of begins to, to falter and begin to crash because we're leaning it up against these things that we believe to be true. And for a lot of us, we kind of have this idea in our minds where it's kind of like this bargain between us and God that if we will do A, B, and C, God will do D, E, and F. If we'll just do these things, then God will do these other things over here. And so we do our best a lot of times to do A, B, and C. We're doing what we feel like we need to be doing to get God close to us and get God on our side. And it doesn't seem like God is doing like D, E, or F. And there can be unexplainable circumstances that begin to happen in our lives. It's kind of like a breach of contract between us and God. Hey, God, I thought we had an agreement. I would do this, and then you would do this. Eventually, you would do this. That's kind of the deal. And sometimes that doesn't happen, and our faith starts to fall. And what we talked about last weekend is it's called this. That's called circumstantial faith. Circumstantial faith. And that is trusting God in our lives based on your ability to interpret your circumstances. And all of us, myself included, have some of this in our lives. All of us, our view of God is affected by the things we see in our life and, and the things that happen in our life and that sort of thing. So there's just some circumstance that comes into it. But what we talked about was that this kind of faith, circumstantial faith, is super, super fragile. It's very fragile because we are not always the best at determining or interpreting our circumstances and what's really going on in our lives and the world around us. And so here's our main learning from last week, and then we'll jump into this week. If you're a person who really wants to hold on to your faith all your years on this earth, or you want to grow in your faith and get stronger in your faith, here's what you have to be sure of. You cannot build your faith on the foundation of your circumstances. You just can't because those are going to be constantly changing. You have to build your faith or fix your faith, if you will, to the person of Jesus and what God has done for us in our life in Jesus, not just what he might or might not do in our lives. And we looked at this verse in the book of Hebrews. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Everybody say fix. <laughs> fix our eyes. That's where our faith should be. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That was last week in our study. This week, we're going to just go uh, a few steps deeper into this same kind of thing. We're going we're to mine out some new things. And, and this week's study, uh, I, I, just I want you to know in advance that this is one of those things that is hard to understand and metabolize in our lives sometimes. It's, and, and once we even understand this concept, it's, it's hard to accept sometimes. I've had to spend a lot of years studying this, and even in the last few weeks, I've wrestled with what does this really mean, and God, give me insight into this. I know this is a message. I know this is a truth that we need as a church, that we need as a community if we're going to keep having strong faith in God. But even when I understand it sometimes, I don't want to accept it. I, I, I don't want it to be true in, in my life. It, it's a message that I know I need, but it's not always one that I, that I want or we want. And so are, are you sufficiently curious on what are we going to talk about? This is, this is going to be crazy. Okay, here's what we're going to talk about. Ready? What do we do when God seems silent? 
What do we do when God seems silent in our lives or lives of our kids or our friends or our grandkids or, or something like that? Because you know there's times in your life where it just seems like God answers your, your, your prayers and your dreams and your desires. It's like he says yes to them and, and these prayers are answered and every, everything is all good and it's amazing. But there's other times where you're praying for these things that, that are good and noble things and it just, it's like is, he even, is, is God real? Is God exist? It's, it just seems silent. Or, or maybe even it seems like God is saying no at certain seasons of life. And, and again, these are good things that we're praying for. Maybe you're just praying, maybe like here's how your prayer goes with God. God, I just, God, I just want a husband. I just need a husband. I just need a wife. God, I just, I want, I need to be married. Okay, God, that, that's it. I mean, I've been, I've been waiting for years. I just want to be married. Is that such a bad thing, God? Or maybe you're thinking, Todd, I don't even, you know, back up the truck. I don't even pray. I don't even need to be married. All I'm saying is, God, could I have like a good date can I just get a date? You know, I mean, it, 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 it just one good date is all I'm asking you for. I, I, I don't need the whole enchilada of marriage right now. I just need a date. Is that okay? Or maybe, God, could you just fix my car? I, I need my car to work so I can get to work. I've, I've been trying to get money. I don't have enough money. There's something wrong with the car, and I need the car so I can get to work so I can work. Or maybe, God, just would you, if you would just heal me and help me feel stronger, give me more energy so I can take care of my family, so I can take care of my kids, if you would just heal me, or God, if you would just bring our son home, or if you would just bring our daughter home, and we ask for a lot of these things sometimes, and for God to change around our circumstances, and, and he just still seems silent, or he seems like he's saying no, and that sort of thing. And so the question is, how in the world do you and I keep having faith and, and follow Jesus in our lives, even when life hurts, even when it's not easy or we have these pains or these crazy circumstances. That's what I want us to study. If you have a Bible, I want to ask you to open to 2 Corinthians. If you have a smartphone, if you have a tablet, whatever, pull that out, open that up. 2 Corinthians is where we're going to be all day uh, together today. And, and it's going to be, I think, a really, really meaningful study. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to study a section of this guy named Paul. And if you've been around church some of your life, you probably know some things about Paul. Uh, but before we dive into this part of his life uh, that I think is going to match up with our lives a lot, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about him. First of all, Paul didn't grow up in a Christian home. Not at all. He didn't grow up a Christian, didn't grow up at all in a Christian home. In fact, he, did, he didn't go to church. He, he hated the church. He actually persecuted the church. And then he has this moment where God comes and changes his life. It's in the book of Acts, if you want to uh, study it, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, something like that in the Bible. And he, and he comes into contact with God, and God kind of puts him on a new path. And maybe some of you have had that happen in your life. You kind of had God come into your life, and, and man, it kind of really changed the way you were living. And Paul starts just telling people about Jesus, and he starts sharing his faith. And even a lot of what we know about faith comes from uh, Paul. And the reason I want us to study his life today is because I think there's like this attitude or there's this belief out there in our world that if you just have enough faith in your life, then everything is going to be fine and go well for you. But what I want us to realize today is that Paul, his life was jam-packed full of faith. I mean, he loved God. He was serving God. God loved him. But yet there was still something in his life that was painful. Even though he was full of faith, even though God loved him, there was still this unanswered prayer that God just didn't respond to, didn't, didn't answer the way at least Paul wanted him to. So let's dive into this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7. Paul says, To keep me from becoming conceited, 
Because of these surpassing great revelations, he had had this great moment with God where God set him on a new path. He said, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Everybody say given. Given. I want you to, if, if you have a Bible or you're taking notes or anything, just write that down, circle that, given. I want us to think on that for just a moment because if I be, as I begin to study this, I, I just land on this word because a lot of times when we see the word given, we relate it to something good, almost always. I, I was given, you know, uh, a new bike. I, I was given a new job. I, I, I was given uh, a vacation. I was given some golf clubs by somebody. I was given these things. Or when we think about God, I was given God's grace. God gave me his mercy. We almost always relate the idea of being given something to the, this blessing or being something good, especially from God. But here we see that God, he has given something and it actually is painful. And again, it's it's strange, it's kind of hard to uh, metabolize in our life that God has given him this thorn in the flesh, this thing to to torment him, if you will. And and I have to be asking in my life, well, why would God do that? Why why does God torment us sometimes or put these circumstances into our lives that that seem, you know, not good? And, And so many times pain from our side of life looks like it's only there to trip us up or torment us. That's what pain and hardships look like. But here's what I realized this week, and I'd never realized this before. It kind of like, you know, boom, one of those mind-blown times. And I, I, wanna, I want you to see this because I think God sees things from a different perspective than we do, for sure, in our lives in this world. So I started thinking, let's look at torment from just different perspectives. What is torment? What does it mean? And I was studying all these things. And then I said, what, do you, what if you just started taking the word torment and you just started mixing it around? Take torment and just mix around the syllables. Just turn the syllables around, mix the syllables around. What happens if you just reverse the syllables in torment? What, what, what do you get? What do you get? Mentor. And I began to think, well, what if... I mean, I mean, what if, if you just look at it in a different way, what if a lot of these things that come into our lives, our families, our finances, things that we think are just there to actually torment us or cause us problems, what if God is actually using those very things to actually mentor us, to grow us, to make us stronger for what he needs to be happening in our life next week or next month or next year or something like that. And, and it, it's, I understand that in our minds, a lot of times we think that people who do good should probably be given less pain by God. But what I read and study, and is so hard sometimes in my life, is I see Paul is full of faith, but he did not get a free pass from pain. And we don't know what specifically Paul is pleading to God about to have God take away from him in his life. But what we do know in, in verse 8 that he said it three times. He said three times I, I pleaded with the Lord to Take this away from me. God, please, please help me out here. A few days later, God, seriously, I I could do so much more for you and I could be so much more fruitful and so much more full of energy if you please just help me with this and and take this away. You know, a a few months or a few years later, God, please, do you hear me? Have you ever been there? You ever been in a place in your life where, where you're just, you're, you're calling out to God, you're praying out to God, and it's like, God, are you even, are you even there? I think all of us have been there. We've brought a burden uh, to God, and, and we've asked for God's help, and we've asked for God's intervention for days or weeks or, or months or even years, and, and it seems like, from our perspective anyway, not, not as much is happening. 
as, as we would hope or, or like. And, and then maybe when you're in one of those seasons in your life, you're just, you, you know, you find you're trying to see God, you know, speaking anywhere. And so you're like, you're watching TV and you see this person preaching and, and they're talking about hard times. And they're saying, if you're going through hard times, here's what you need. You just need more faith. You just need to be faithful. Stick it out. And so you're like, yeah, 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 that's, that's what I'm going to do. And, and then a few days later, you're talking to one of your close friends at work or at school or, or you're talking to a family member and you're telling them all about what's going on in your life and how you just, you're trying to, you're asking God to help take care of this and all that kind of thing. And, and they look at you and say, you know what, I, I get it. And you know what, you just got to be full of faith. You just got to keep your faith. And, and so you're like, yeah, I'm not sure how to do it, but I'm, I'm trying, I'm sticking in there. I'm, I'm trying to keep that faith. And then maybe even a few days later, you're scrolling Instagram or your Facebook or something like that. And you come across a meme like this little kid, right? And you say, you got to have faith, right? Just, you got to gut it out. Just gut it out. And like when I'm in those situations in my life going through hard times and I see something like this, you know, I'm, it's, it's like, I want to punch that little kid in the throat is what I want to do, right? Because I mean, I love kids. Don't get me wrong. I, I really do enjoy children, but I don't know what to do with that. Right? It's like, just keep, the, just keep faith. Just, just be strong with it. And, and so what do we do? We're like, okay, I'm going to get to church. I'm going to get to church definitely, even though it's a busy weekend, and I'm going to be reading my Bible. And here's what I'm going to do. Here's, God, here's the thing. To, to kind of get you pulling on my side, I'm, I'm going to listen to Christian music. And like when I'm in the car this week, half the time Christian music, half the time not Christian music. And I don't even really want to listen to Christian music, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to put the, the Bible app on my phone, and I'm going to start one of those reading plans. And I'm going to start doing that thing. And, and so we start doing all of these different things that we think will we'll begin pulling God to our side. And, and even sometimes when we do that, it seems like God isn't, isn't working in the way we would want him or need him to work. And, and what I, here's what I want just your heart to hear. I think it's important for us as a church to hear is a lot of times in our lives when God is silent or, or it seems like even God's saying no to things, it's, it's so oftentimes has really nothing to do with your faith. It's not that your faith is weak. You can be a person who is full of faith in God, loving God, and he is loving you, and yet still have these things happen in your life that just go on and on. Paul is one of the most faithful people who has ever walked this planet. He was full of faith, and he pleaded to God for relief, and yet nothing really came to him. He pleaded three times to God. And, and then here's God's answer to him. If you continue on in verse, the first part of verse 9, he's pleading, God help me, God help me. And then here, but here's what God said. God's, God says, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. I, I know you got those things going on. I, I know you need my help, and maybe God has plans for that to happen right down the line here. But, but, but he says, for, but for right now, what you need to know with whatever you're going through, here's how you're going to get through what you're going through. My grace is going to be sufficient for you. It's going to carry you through. And my strength is going to be made perfect in you and in your weakness. And if you're hurting right now, if you're a person who's waiting on God's intervention, this verse can be so bittersweet, right? It can be so bittersweet because it's like God is saying, I hear your request, I understand your petition, and I'm still just going to allow it to, to continue on. And, and is that because he's unable to help sometimes, you know, or, or is he just uncaring or he's just too busy or something like that? And those are definitely options that you and I can run to when God doesn't make sense, when our circumstances doesn't make, don't make sense. We can certainly run to those things and flee to those. That's true. But let me give you another option 
today when it seems like God is silent or your circumstances don't make sense? Here's another option for you and I to consider. Could it be that your greatest weakness is actually God's greatest opportunity to show himself strong to you and to this world? Could it be that in your weakness, whatever it is you're going through, that God actually will be strong in you and he will grow trust for that next thing you're having coming in life and other people around you, friends, family, neighbors, will actually be able to see God more clearly through your times of weakness? I, Parkview, listen, I, I cannot promise you that, that if you have faith in God, that he will always just act obviously in your favor. I, I can't promise that. I can't promise he's always going to fix your finances or your job or your marriage and, and that sort of thing. I, I can't. But here's, here's what I can promise you. I can promise you this. If you and I will come to God in faith, believing in him and his son, that his grace will be sufficient for you to carry you through. And his power will somehow be perfect in your weakness. You'll have his grace and power. And, and I know that is not always what we want to hear, but it is what we need to hear in our lives. His grace and his power to carry us through and sustain us. And so I would just in encourage you, that part of you, when, when you're feeling like you're at that last place and you're trying to continue to trust God, even in the midst of whatever it is, accept his grace in your life. Accept his power, which is perfect in your life. Don't shake that fist, bend that knee towards God. Let me tell you uh, just a, a true story. Happens all the time. It's a true story of two couples. These couples, they're both in church. They enjoy church. They're maybe serving, doing some serving somewhere in the church or around the world. And they give some of their money to the church and that sort of thing. And uh, both of these couples come on really tough financial times, really hard things happening. And uh, they both pray to God, God, help us out with this. We're not, we don't have much time to make it. We're, it's really tight. And so they both pray to God. And it seems like God doesn't do a lot. And they're, and they're crying out to him. So couple number one decides, even though they really can't see God working, they're going to go ahead and just trust God and they're going to go ahead and, and, and follow after him and keep that faith and stay involved in church and stay involved in community, even though they really can't see him doing anything. Couple number two decides, you know what, we've, been, we've tried that. We have these financial things going on in life. We're going to have to take this into our own hands or we are going to be sunk. We're, this, is, this is not going to work. And, and so couple number two decides to kind of leave community, walk away, let go of some of their faith. It begins to fall, and, and they just kind of say, hey, we got to have each other and do this with each other. A couple number one, as they still keep going through these financial things, has God and his grace to sustain them, his power, which can help be perfect in their weak times. They still have that to lean on and to rally on and talk about. Couple number two that has been walking away and only has each other really now you know what happens. You've seen this happen. A lot of times when we only have each other, we get put other things away. We, we begin to get angry with each other and we start to turn on each other and, and we get involved in all kinds of other addictions and things like that to help us cope with all the pain and all the different stuff that's going on in our lives. 
during these seasons. In fact, here's the way author Philip Yancey says this. He says the only thing worse than disappointment with God is disappointment without God. I think it's true. The only thing worse than being disappointed with God in our lives, which happens to us in our lives, is being disappointed and then not having God in our life, having turned our back or shake a fist at him instead of bending a knee. And, And when we do that, which I understand it's easy to do. When we do that, we're also walking away from his grace and then his power and his mercy in our lives. And we're walking away from the opportunity for God's power to be seen through our weaknesses. And, and so as we, as we think about this in our lives, accepting God's grace and accepting God's power into our life, we continue and we see Paul who who actually did this. And it's hard to believe, but, but he actually gets to the place where he's glad about his weakness. This pain that is in his life, he actually boasts about it and leans into it because he says that's when God's power is most obvious in me. In fact, let's wrap this up. Take a look at this, verse 9 and 10. Therefore... Paul says, because of all these things that are still happening in my life, they haven't gone away, here's what I've decided. I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When when I'm feeling weak is actually when, when God can make me strong. Paul is saying, look, his, his weaknesses can take him to places with God that his strengths maybe never really could. So Paul says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my weakness on display. I'm just going to let God see it. And instead of waking up every day asking for all this to go away, I'm going to wake up every day praying that God's power would be seen through my weaknesses, through my humanness. That's what I'm going to that's what I'm going to decide to do. And I know as we're studying this and, and, and we're in this section of Scripture, some of you in your minds right now as we're studying this in 2 Corinthians, you're thinking to yourself, okay, Todd, you know, this is, I, I've heard some of this before. Uh, I know some of this. This, this is a good area. Of the this, is a good, this is a good message. This is a, this is a good message, okay, for Paul. It's good for Paul, okay. It's, it's, it's because Todd, he's like a Bible guy, right? I mean, he's what we call a hero of the faith, okay? So that's Paul. Todd, and, and you're sitting here going, but Todd, that's not me. I'm like, I'm like normal me. If you saw my life this week, it's like normal life, okay? I'm not like full of faith life necessarily. I'm not a Paul. And, and, and so a lot of times we feel like, I, I get that for him, but Todd, what we're talking about today, I'm, here's what we say sometimes to just ourselves. Todd, I'm not sure that I understand or want a God who just lets people be in that kind of pain or lets people's circumstances go on and on and on through so many months or years of their life. And if you feel that way, let me say this to you. I totally get it. If you're frustrated at times with God in that, I I, I get that. I've been there in my life, and I'm sure I'm going to be there again where I don't understand what God is up to in somebody's life or my own life. But here's what I would say. Here's what I'd say. Let me ask you a question, and you owe yourself an answer to this. You owe yourself an answer to this this weekend. The question is, what kind of God do you want? 
What kind of God do you want in this world and in your life? I mean, seriously, what, what do you want God to do? How do you want God to act or not act? And, and write it out. I mean, seriously, here's what I want God to do. Here's, and, and you know what I think you'll find if you start actually thinking about that or actually start writing it out? You know what you'll find? <laughs> you'll find that actually what you want is you want to be God. <laughs> or you, you want God to lean so much in your direction that, that you can control him. That's what we think we want a lot of times in our lives. And if I can just plant a seed, let me just plant a little seed in your heart this weekend. And, and let me say this to you. I really don't think that's what you want. No matter how hard it gets sometimes, I don't think that's what you want. You don't want a God who has the exact same view that you do. We want a God that is all-powerful. We want a God that is saturated with grace and, and sees and, and does things that are good for us, even when it's not easy for us. We want a God who's our Savior, not just a servant, right? Not just doing our bidding of the things that we think we need God to do. We want a God who sees this world and our lives from a different perspective. And especially even when it comes to pain and difficult circumstances, we, we want a God who can maybe actually not just use the torment in our lives as, as something that's always bad, but he can actually use that torment to mentor us and grow us stronger and make us ready even more for something else that is going to happen in our lives. We want a God who is, is somehow attracted to our, our weaknesses because that's when his power can be seen most clearly. We want that kind of God who is actually attracted to our weakness. And, and when we can do that, when we can come to God with our weaknesses... It allows him to just feel so close in his proximity to be so incredibly close to us. It's sometimes hard to understand, but a lot of times it's important for what's coming next in our lives. I want to pull all of this together for us today. And I want to, uh, I want to tell you a story from my life, something that happened in my life. This happened several years ago, but, but when it happened, it, it totally began to shift and change my ideas of God and, and, and who God is and, and how God works in our lives as a heavenly father. And so I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to ask my friend Robert uh, to come out and uh, play guitar, and, and he's going to help me tell this story today and, and hopefully all of us will be able to take it out into this week and have a bigger perspective on what God is doing in our lives. <laughs> 